It's a mechanized organism designed only for podcasting. Hey there. Welcome to another episode of Real Bad Takes. I'm Peter, as with me always is Dave and Andrew. Hello. Hello. And uh, today we are going to be talking about the new movie, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania. Uh, a movie that just came out uh, this weekend. We're going to be talking about that movie and then kind of using that movie and what we thought about the movie and kind of using that as a springboard for kind of a general kind of MCU conversation. This is the beginning of Phase 5. Uh, we've all we've all seen basically almost mm-hmm. all the Marvel movies, mm-hmm. if not all of the Marvel stuff. Uh, and so we can kind of evaluate, you know, this is kind of a tr- this is kind of a turning point, a transition for the MCU. And we just kind of wanted to, this is something we've kind of hinted at at several podcasts, kind of talking about, we said, save, for, save it for the podcast. So we're going to we're gonna talk a little bit about our thoughts, our views on the MCU, kind of where it's been and where it's going. But we're first going to start with a conversation, a spoiler-free segment of the conversation about uh, the new movie Ant-Man uh, and the Wasp, Quantumania. So we'll spend a little bit talking about the, uh, that movie spoiler-free, mm-hmm. and then we will be spending some time talking about it with spoilers, mm-hmm. and then we'll talk about the MCU as a whole. So that's kind of the... This the kind of what the what today's episode of the podcast is going to look like. So first, uh, what do we think? Just kind of general overview of the new movie. Uh, Dave, uh, why don't we start with you? Um, yeah, I, I, I'm the only one here who watched it twice. Wow, good for you. Um, and that kind of uh, proves that I do really like this movie. Um, I liked it more than I thought I was going to. Um, I did go into this movie having very low expectations. Um, but it exceeded those low ex- expectations, and um, I can safely say this has been the best movie since Shang-Chi. Whoa. Wait a minute. Do you think this is better than Black Panther? Um, I'll get into it. Okay. Was No Way Home after Shang-Chi? No Way Home was before. No. Are we sure? Yes. Okay. That's still a high bar, but keep, keep okay. going. Okay. Yeah. Um. Anyways... Yeah, uh, I thought that uh, um, it introduced uh, Phase 5 very well. Um, not a, As we said, we're not going to spoilers, but I feel like um, Phase 4 was very much confused, or at least the audience was confused. I was confused with what it was, and I feel like this movie kind of um, uh, steered it back into a familiar direction. It, it, um, as we all know, like Kang is the major bad. Um, we saw him first in Loki, and it kind of um, steered uh, and the MCU to uh, being into having a direction, um, which I thought was missing from Phase Four. And I and it was funny. It was had some heart. Jonathan Majors is absolutely amazing. Um, I feel like yeah, Paul Rudd was also hilarious. Yeah, there's a lot to like about this movie. Great, uh, Andrew. What did you? Um, thoughts are a little less, a yeah, little bit more. Yeah, there's some to like about this movie. Um, <laughs> in terms of, and we'll, we'll get into this further in the podcast, but in terms of what it sets up for the MCU at large, I can definitely appreciate um, the variations on Kang, all that. Uh, I think what I want to see more of in the MCU is kind of like, hmm, I don't know how to phrase it, but I mean, even just a little bit more seriousness in the movie itself. Um, I think, um, yeah, I just wish, I think the movie was entertaining. I think if you, you kind of have to really, you have to think about this one even less than most Marvel movies, which to me, like, works to its deficit. I see the appeal, I just don't, I don't share the appeal. Yeah. 
Interesting. I would have to disagree with the thinking less part because I thought more than other um, movies. Interesting. But it's okay. Yeah. How did you feel about it, Peter? Uh, so this was one of my, this one of the movies I was looking forward to in mm-hmm. talking about it sure was. podcast. Sure this was. was on my list. You guys were a little bit questioning about uh, this movie. I really liked it. I'm with Dave. I really liked it a lot. I, uh, I went in, I think, with expectations that it would be a good Ant-Man movie. Which is kind of, which is different than I'm saying a different Marvel movie because it just kind of helped me kind of center my expectations. Like I expected to be a bit goofy, a bit zany, but I was also kind of hoping that it would set up kind of what Dave said about the direction of phase five. I felt like kind of with Dave, I felt like phase, phase four was a bit directionless. And so I was hoping for some sort of kind of clear vision of like, okay, this is where we're going. And I think this movie really delivered on that point. Uh, it was, I had a, I laughed a lot during the movie. I thought it was very creative. Um, and interesting. I think uh, a point in its favor is that I did not. I felt like visual effects in previous Marvel movies were were kind of lacking a bit. I felt this the visual effects in this movie were very good. I enjoyed them. Um, again, this movie was was heartening. I think I thought the performances were really great. Uh, I think Michelle Pfeiffer, especially, kind of for someone that kind of did not have much of a role in the previous two yeah. Ant Man's, did a great job in this movie. Kind of, she was the almost the center at times of the whole movie. And she did a really great job. Um, I enjoyed hanging out with these characters again. I think they, I think the, the, the director and uh, each of the actors as well, kind of understand what they're getting themselves into. And I think they did a really good job. I think they've delivered. Uh, I, re- I had a great time uh, watching this movie. Um, I would recommend it to others. Um, especially those that are a bit skeptical about where Marvel's going next. I think this is a, this is a vote of confidence. And so I'm, I'm pleasantly, I think we talked about on the previous podcast that this is kind of a crossroads for Marvel about Mm -hmm. whether we would be excited about what was coming next. I'm excited about what's coming next. And I think in, on that case, the movie did its job. Yeah. And also, although like that, uh, we are a majority in, in this room right now, I think most of the audience that's already watched it didn't really like this movie. Um, it has a very low yeah. score on everything. I think it has a second lowest score on Rotten Tomatoes of all the mm-hmm. MCUs. Second to Eternals, which was like a really bad movie. Wow. Um, um, which is interesting. I think um, I think a lot of audiences look at Marvel and want, or movies in general, and want realism in the sense of they want like a logic-type plot. They want... Something that's like, as you said, like you wanted more seriousness mm-hmm. and it's, and my argument against, oh, well, not argument against, but like reason why I liked this movie so much is because it, re- it brought me back to like comic books. Um, and that's why I like the Batman because it brought me back to the comic book. Um, also like, I just want to point out like MCU has not had had good movies even in the past like we kind of look at phase one and two and three with like these rose colored rose tinted glasses um but like there's iron man 2 thor one and two like those are not good movies like those are just like i didn't like them and i like and i love the mcu and i generally do i personally generally do like phase four um really yeah I mean, I liked most of the movies that came out, except Eternals. I did not like Eternals. To uh, correct the record here, Shang-Chi came out three months previous to No Way Home. Um, oh, okay, cool. Interestingly enough, I thought it was also a summer movie, but it was December. Then after year. No Way Home, though. Perfect, yeah. yeah. I was going to say, that's going to be a high bar. But I don't even think, and we can get into this more 
and the MCU at large portion of this podcast, but I think I'm not even looking for airtight logic, just kind of plausibility. And it just, I don't know. Obviously, the more um, the more source text they evolve and the more characters, it has to get more and more out there or else we're just going to see the same different characters doing the same thing. So I understand why they're reaching out, but I just, it could have been a little better in my opinion. Yeah, I think so. This is a, this is something I think we can kind of touch on without getting into spoilers, but uh, it's in the trailer that, that Kang the Conqueror is in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, what did we, this is his first time he's really, when he was introduced in Loki, he was, he was not, he was kind of Kang, but not really. He was a variant of Kang. What do we think about Kang? We're seeing him without, obviously without spoiling anything. Yeah. What do we think of Kang? I yeah. I like Jonathan Majors. He was good. Yeah. Uh, he could not rescue the script, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's all I'll say on the matter. I think it was, it was still really good. I think um, something I read right before going to the theater was you start to feel for Kang. And like, it's interestingly enough, like the character makes a lot of sense. And yeah. like, he's supposed to be the next like big bad guy. Yep. Next kind of like Thanos. And I think, you know, only seeing the Loki one, you go to this movie like, really? Like, does Kang have it? Like, does he have the ability to get up to that, like, level of hype and level of uh, have everything going behind him to make him the next big bad guy? And I think this movie does serve to uh, to get that going. And so I think I really like the direction that um, they could be heading with Kang. So it'll be interesting to see how they continue. But I like, I like what it did set it up. Yeah, I mean, what was the question again? Uh, Kang. Oh, Kang, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, uh, I really liked that this was uh, totally different in character mm-hmm. uh, from the one who remains, I think that was his name, in Loki. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I was, right when I saw like Jonathan Majors be serious and like charismatic, I was like, wow, like I am excited for whatever comes next with Kang um, with in any in any capacity in the future of, of all the rest of the phases of the multiverse saga yeah. Um, yeah I mean that's all I have to say or else I'll go into spoilers yeah. um, but overall it was yeah I, he was just I think he was the best part of the movie um, yes yeah. I agree yeah I think so for me I was definitely interested because I think it's been well documented that the MCU has had problems with villains that to create yes. compelling villains and I think some of the some of the best Marvel villains some of the best villains in general have kind of what you mentioned Andrew that they have the ability to one be evil but have enough of a motive that the audience can either empathize with or truly understand I think uh, the common theme of you know people talking about Thanos is Thanos did nothing wrong. It's kind of a kind of a you you understood where the villain was coming from. I, mean, I think especially Killmonger, especially like, yeah, a lot of a lot of really deep seated mm-hmm. kind of it's like whoa, the kind of understanding you know where this villain is coming from. That obviously it's evil, yeah. but you almost are a bit not not necessarily rooting for them, but kind of wish. I remember when Killmonger was fighting, I was like, I hope, I kind of don't want to kill him. Um, so the uh, the um the the interesting thing about about Kang is that I also felt that with Kang as well is that I could understand a lot more of where he was coming from as a villain. Uh, he was extremely compelling uh, as an actor. Jonathan Majors again just absolutely killed it. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. But just the just the depth of the performance 
and the the really good writing, I think, as well. That <laughs> there there no, there were problems with the script. I agree, and maybe the dialogue per se. Mm-hmm. But I think the background that they gave Kang was enough so that we could really understand a bit where he was coming from. I kind of wonder is he is he doing the right thing? Is there other obviously there are flaws with his methods, yeah. but I don't necessarily think that. Like there were flaws in the script, I agree, but I don't think they failed in making Kang a compelling villain, which is kind of the yeah, entire yeah. point of the movie mm-hmm. is to make Kang compelling, so that this sets up basically the rest of the yeah. the rest of the next few years of MCU movies. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and speaking on like the background of Kang, just um, uh, like it kind of has to do with it because he kind of um, he kind of makes it so that this movie can be a standalone movie, um, mm-hmm. like. Other than watching up to Endgame, there like you really don't need to watch the TV shows or the or the other uh, Phase Four movies to watch this. There's very yeah. little homework, um, which I thought was great. Like like there's there's stuff that like this movie gets into, like that of the other movies and TV shows that gets into. Yeah. Um, but you don't it it, it establishes them on its own, mm-hmm. and then um, and continues to build on it. Which I thought was great. Yeah, so now we can kind of get into the uh, the spoiler part of the podcast and yeah. get a bit more in depth about what's going on. So if you have not seen this movie, skip ahead. Um, we'll uh, eventually. I think what we could probably put in the description of the podcast where you should skip ahead to. Yeah, yeah. I can put it. Or if you don't have it, because some people might be on Apple, um, just skip ahead fifteen minutes. Yeah. Or 10, 10 minutes. 10 minutes. 10 to 15 minutes. So we can get a, we get into a bit uh, of the kind of more specifics about our things we liked or things we didn't. Uh, Andrew, you had a lot more dislikes. What would you? Yeah. Um, first off, it's called Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. Yeah. And I think it more justly would have been called Ant-Man Quantumania. I think the movie is too busy doing, doing what it arguably needed to do. To include enough of the wasp to be called, she didn't like. She played a part at the very end when you know him and her got the power core or whatever that was yeah. about. Um, so she played a part to be sure. But so here's a thought. Okay, isn't you know, Michelle Pfeiffer's character is also the wasp? It's a different wasp, but she played. She was a pretty central role. That's fair, but yeah, maybe. Um, but again, that's very like surface level stuff. Sure. What I really have questions about I think um, is apart from the whole like how Marvel is trending with the tones of the movies is like specifically with this movie essentially what I got out of it was Kang saw the end of time and was basically like no I'd rather have it end a different way and that's why he's doing all the conquering or what I can I, I can explain yeah that. why does Kang have to be yeah. conquered so so uh, Kang goes on to ex- so both the Kang uh, the the variant of Kang in Loki and this Kang have the same reason for why they want to take control of the sacred time. Almost word for word, same reason. Yeah. yeah. Um. So basically, it's he he's he's from the uh, the comic book at least. He's from the the thirtieth century. So like some f- very far into future. Sure. Um. And he and his variants play with time, and uh, Kang the Conqueror continues says, uh. My variants, they play with time like children. Yep. So uh, so the end he sees, basically, is his other variants destroying the universe, the, 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 the multiverse. Uh-huh. And so he's trying to stop them from destroying his own universe. Which is why they exiled him. Yeah. Which is why that, that, they exiled that variant of Kang. Is so because- this 
this version of Kang, uh... He's protecting this, this, that universe from the other Kangs. At least that's what all the... The universe that Ant-Man is in. Yeah. Even though Quantum Realm exists outside of time and, and the universe. Yeah. Okay. Um, so in that sense, he's not super evil. That's the, that's the... That's kind of the thing. Because so when she said... No, but she's, his methods are. That's, sure. That's, he might have a well, good goal, yes. but his methods Remember, are he was, quite he was like pruning the multiverse and was like, you take this out, take this way. Yeah, it's yeah. the same thing as uh, the one who... Uh, the, he who remains. He who remains. Sure. So he no. was pruning, yeah. killing trillions of people that way right. because he didn't want incursions. He was keeping the timeline sacred so sure, it wouldn't sure. mess with other timelines, so other universes. That's, that's interesting. I think, so when... Um, Michelle Harvey's character touched the cerebral ship thing and saw him to him and was like, I see death. I see all this different stuff. Was that all of his variants? Or was that... That, that was just him. Okay. It was just him. Gotcha. gotcha. Yes. Okay. So then I guess we'll get in more with future MCU stuff about how the greater good argument works in the multiverse. Yeah. Uh, which I thought it was super compelling. interesting. I, I, think upon, I think it was, it got lost. To me, it got lost in the weeds a little bit. Of Quantumania is like, I oh think, that oh sorry. To me, to me, it's like that came out a lot better in Loki than it did in Quantumania. Is like the motif uh, or the motive of of Kang to do what he's doing. That came across a little simpler, a little stronger in Loki than it did in Quantumania. I will say that Loki had a lot had much better writing than I think. Yes, by it's not close. I think Quantumania was written very... No, they did have different purposes. And yes. It's definitely a bit more zany. This kind of so, so also, yeah. like, the uh, he who remains uh, succeeded. He's basically King the Conqueror that succeeded. He's made one timeline. He, time he killed all the other variants. Yeah. And then once Sylvia killed Kang... Sylvie. Sylvie, sorry. Sylvie killed Kang. He's like, you've released all, all of me. Because that's... His, and that's where we get exactly. That's so like, so yeah, like, yeah. their warning to the Avengers so, are the same. It's yeah. like you shouldn't kill me. You yeah. need me mm-hmm. if you want to protect protect yourself from the, my other variants. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, Which I thought was super cool that they had the same exact arguments, same exact like, yeah. Yes, I mean, I think of their variants, they should have like varying motives. Well, it's like it's the whole like well, it's, they do. Yeah. Wait, but you just said it was word for word the same. No, no, but the difference is, is that like. They might have similar motives, but they are they are different from the other Kang variants that exist in the multiverse. Yes, that was yeah, and we see this in the mid credits. Really cool. Yeah, that, that was the, the really cool. mid credits scene. Was yeah, really Kang cool. Dynasty. That definitely got me. I would say the the end credit scene got me more excited for future MCU projects yeah. than Quantumania did. Yeah, Jonathan Majors is just gonna yeah. absolutely just oh, yeah. he's doing all that stuff. Awesome. Yeah, for sure. right when I saw Pharaoh uh, Ramatut, I was just like, oh wow, we're getting into this already. Yeah, I was just so excited. Um, and yeah. then seeing Immortus and uh, I don't know the, who the third dude was, but yeah, all seeing like, the, the 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 Coliseum filled with Kangs. I was just that like, was so sick. Let's go! It's, yeah, that it's, was really cool. It's pretty cool. Um, I will. Another thing I think we should talk about is uh, I think we had some disagreements on this. Is what do we think of Modok? He's the best. He's the second best thing about the movie. To Kang? Yeah, I think if if your if your franchise is being attacked, like, hey, are they? Like intentionally being bad about special effects, or are they like just bad at it? You shouldn't have a character like Modok in your very next movie. So I think, um, so I think Modok was stupidly looking because of that. Like the rest of the movie is beautiful. Yeah. Um, and he's like very like off putting 
And I think that's for a very obvious reason because he's like the comic character in that whole movie. Like, he's hilarious. I laughed almost every time he was on screen. It was so funny. I mean, yeah, he visually looks funny, but it's like, why... I don't know. Why like, like having a... Why do, why do many... Why do so many characters in the same movie exist purely for just like comic relief? Because it's an Ant-Man movie. It's kind of what happens. You have... You also, have, like... In the first also, like... Oh, you have the entire other gang. You have Yaga and Michael Peña's character. They're yeah. entirely there just for comic yeah. relief. Yeah. Also, like... Also, yeah. like, you're... Not, like... Modok is never going to be a serious villain. Sure, no, sure, sure. A giant floating head is never going to be like, right. no. And uh, yeah, it's never going to be serious. And I That's felt fair. like they did great. Like his backstory was changed a lot because he was supposed to be a, a scientist who wanted to become smart, so he wanted yeah, to, yeah, and got into experiment. And That's the version I'm familiar with. Yeah, I, very, I, th- I thought it was a great twist. Yeah, yeah I thought yeah, it was great too. It was a great call. I was here for it. Then they go, oh, in the theater, which, which, like, you know, how many times you get to do that? It was yeah. great. Um, That's fair. I think I'm slightly more on the wagon. The more I understand about like the greater purposes of whatever MC's trying to do. But that doesn't speak very well for the movie itself. I will like, say, that, yeah, that, that is a good point. I think I've heard that from a couple of people is that it is a bit frustrating. Like, they like the movie more when they have, like, sat with, had it. It, mm-hmm. sat with it or had it explained to them, which in, in and of itself is not a positive for the movie. Is right. If you need to, like, watch YouTube videos or talk to, like, talk through it for a while in order for you to like it, yeah. I don't think that's a, that the movie probably didn't do its job. Maybe it's because I, I know a lot about yeah. Kang or like yeah. just I'm yeah. a nerd so I watch uh, videos on Kang yeah. before this even this movie and so I just took like stuff like incursions or like the multiple uh, timelines and stuff sure, like that sure. for granted um, but that, so, is, that is a lot of extra work like I think yeah, yeah, I, 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 yeah I'm yeah. what I was trying to say is I didn't think I realized I did those did that extra yeah. work yeah, I mean, that's fair. Yeah, I mean, like, most people, I don't know how many people saw Loki. Um, if you haven't seen Loki, you should watch Loki. Loki's, Loki's very good. Um, but, like, like that definitely helps your understanding of what's going on. Like, if you're watching that end credit scene and you see Loki and Owen Wilson, you're like, wait a minute, what? What is this coming from? And that was cool. Know, that was cool. I'm excited the heck out of Loki season two. They're supposed to drop it all at once, but then they, you didn't, yeah. No, what? There's, there's, and then COVID and, like, that whole lockdown thing, they decided to just, like, parse it Loki out. Loki season two with Victor Timely? I'm excited. They were supposed to drop it. All at once. Oh, right. so He Who Remains and Victor Timely was supposed to come out all at once. Ooh, that's cool. Because Victor Timely is another yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, they were supposed to drop it. From everything I read during, like, when Loki was coming out, as I was watching it, week to week, I was like, what's going on? And then, yeah, come to find out, they decided to, like, artificially split it up and, like, stretch it out, which is fair. Like, I like it better like this because we don't know everything yet. But, uh, yeah. Um. Also, uh, just going back to your seriousness, like, yeah, yeah, you yeah. want the movies to be more serious. I feel like Ant-Man, like, it's not a serious movie. No. Um, it's not. But I feel like it doesn't mess up on its tones. Because even when it does get serious with the final battle between Kang and Ant-Man, it's it's pretty intense. And you, like, you've, you're, you're I was, I was holding my breath for the whole thing. I was just like, wow, this, like, this fight. No, like, not a lot of CGI. I think the CGI was only in the background. Like, it was just hand-to-hand combat. I was just like, wow, this is amazing. And I found myself caring a lot about the revolutionaries or the yeah. rebels or whatever they were. Um, I think you and I both, Dave, both talked about like it felt like a bit like a Star Wars movie. Yeah. An MCU movie. That's what I thought. Yeah. yeah. Which, I mean, like, I don't, I'm not mad about that. I'm, I'm fine with that. Um, Disney ripping off Disney, it's fine. 
Um, I really, but like that was something where it's like, especially in the final battle. I think the last couple of Marvel movies, I just kind of checked out because I'm like, okay, this is the final battle. We all know what's going to happen. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. I don't really care about the no names that are fighting. This movie, I was like, oh, this is awesome. Yeah. I really, I really enjoyed it a lot. They're beginning to take more care. I of think the side characters, yeah, which is, which is good and bad. It's good because it makes for a more entertaining movie. But it's bad when you realize that like at the end of the movie, nothing like. Those characters don't really matter. It's like I, to me that doesn't feel like a lot of payoff. But I mean, you know, this is just I mean, like okay, um, that is one of my problems with this movie. I actually agree with that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I do feel like um, a lot of like the people we grow close to, uh, like not close to, but like the 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 comic relief side characters are all like, oh, by the end of this this movie, we're like, oh, we're never gonna return to the quantum realm again. They don't really matter. Um, I felt like that was the case. Yeah. Um, because at least in like Thor Ragnarok, all of those side characters are like ca- came out again. Yeah. And they yeah. were like kind of mm-hmm. in the story, and I was like, oh my goodness, Korg, you dog. Um. Yeah. But uh, yeah. Um, I also wanted to say, um, because I gave the hot take that I thought this was better than Black Panther. Sure. Um. So as a movie, I don't think it's better. But I think I enjoyed it more than Black Panther in the sense of like, wow. um, yeah. I mean, Black Panther was like, it was like touching. It was I cried, yeah, um, in both parts of like the beginning and the end. Um, I think I I enjoy this movie more because of like the 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 lightheartedness and it felt like a return return to form of the MCU. I felt like oh yeah, this is what it used to be, like. Um, silly, but has like but makes points. Yeah. Which I was, um, yeah. I felt like the Black Panther movie was phenomenal, but I enjoyed this movie more. Okay, I think that that makes sense. Yeah. Um. So we can uh, um, we can take a break, and then uh, move on to our discussion of the whole. Yes. And we're back. Um, so this is our kind of a transition to a more general conversation about the MCU. Uh, but first, I thought it'd be fun for us to each share kind of our experience with the MCU, our history, and kind of our entry points. So, uh, what, just Dave, what was the first MCU movie you saw in theaters? And then kind of also explain about your background with, with, with Marvel movies just in general. Yeah, uh, I watched the first one. Uh, I was here uh, since the beginning. I was Iron Man. What? So that was a PG-13 movie. How old? You were like what? Like, I was eight. Yeah. Which, wow, that that reveals my age quite quickly. Or also just like, what were your parents doing unless you're eight years old going to see them? They were cool. That's what they were doing. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I guess so. Starting from Ant-Man, uh, I watched... Ant-Man? Not Ant-Man, sorry. Iron Man. Got it. Thank you. Uh, starting from Iron Man, uh, I watched every Marvel movie that came out till Infinity... Uh, like, yeah, to Infinity War with my dad. Like, it was a thing that we did. We, we like, uh, always watched the, the, the opening night of, uh, of it. We, I remember going to, uh, I think it was um, a Civil War in the midnight showing. Uh, with my dad and like going home at like 3 a.m. and like not even going to bed and just watching YouTube videos all night with my brother. Um, so like the MCU has a huge part in all our childhoods. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I, I have a very hard time 
saying that any MCU movie is bad. Um, yeah. Well, my first one was uh, Thor, the first Thor. Um, oh, that's that a, first I'm, I'm sorry, man. I mean, wow. I didn't I didn't know any different. It was your parents were way cooler. Yes. Than mine. Really? Yeah. Well, shoot. Go keep. Going. Anyway, uh, yeah. So this was like this was like the third MCU movie, and um, I like didn't know any different. I thought it was a good movie, and then uh, they started making better ones, and I was like, this is great. Uh, I remember, um, yeah, I think from the very beginning, Iron Man was my favorite. I just thought he was awesome and just like super. I don't know, super cool. He is awesome. Um, he is. Uh, he was. R.I.P. Um, but yeah, I think uh, MCU was always really, really, really cool. I, th- I remember vividly one of my birthday parties was going to see um, Winter Soldier when it came out. And that was a great, fantastic experience. And then just like talking with my buddies after the movie about like, okay, what is this? Like, how does this set that up? Like, that was really cool. And just like really enjoying those movies all through my childhood has been really, really cool. Um, so yeah, that was my kind of first experience, Thor. Yeah, so uh, my parents were not as cool as y'all's. Uh, the first movie uh, I saw in theaters, I was allowed to see in theaters, was uh, the first Captain America movie. So that's like four or five, whatever it was. Uh, I was in junior high. Uh, I obviously, I think that's that's one of my favorites. Um, I love that movie. Uh, Captain America is actually my favorite Marvel character, just in general. I love Interesting. him. Interesting. Who's yours, Andrew? I don't know. Um, I... I would like to say Iron Man, but I don't know if that's true. I think, um, I don't know. I think it may be Iron Man, actually. I think Thor's really cool, but I think, um, yeah, I think I like Iron Man better. Okay. You're Dave, you're also an Iron Man. Yeah. 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 See, I'm Captain. It's not even close. Like, yeah. Iron Man is not even close. It's not even close. It's Iron Man. Yeah. Um, or it's, it's Cap. My, uh, my dad is very, was very, is still very big into, 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 um, comic books. And so he kind of, you know, we, I was, we were kind of talking about it. We watched like some of the TV, old TV shows from the nineties, the animated stuff. So it was kind of a waiting, kind of was waiting for, for those to be able to be old enough to see a lot of those movies. I grew up watching a lot of them very similar to Dave, uh, watched a lot of them with my dad and my brother. Uh, we'd go see them basically as soon as they came out. Uh, and then when I went off to college, there were, uh, we would watch, you know, I would watch them or sometimes I would say them if like, if I was home on break, I'd not see it and then go see it with my family. I've still got some really close friends from high school that we would like wow. we would, when we were when we were in high school we'd go to a we go to a we'd go to a Marvel movie then go to a Krispy Kreme and talk about it for like two hours oh, and then go home and oh, so yeah. but like even like to this day if we go see a new Marvel movie we'll be texting about it um, so it's definitely really it was really ingrained in a lot of my um, I have so many experiences from being a kid uh, that are tied to Marvel movies the number of times I saw the first Avengers in theaters because the number of birthday parties that people were like oh, oh yeah. we're going to see Avengers. Oh, yeah. Uh, I saw uh, Avengers Infinity War by myself and like a midnight, like a seven thirty showing, and so I. But no one else knew about what had happened, so like I saw it, and then I had like I literally one of my good friends called me in the middle of a movie theater. It was like at the end of the movie, it's like what just happened. So like just all like I had yeah. so many experiences. I saw Endgame like five times in theaters. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just have a very I have a very emotional connection to a lot of these movies, um, and so I, I definitely. I'm, I'm with Dave. I don't necessarily think that I have a hard time saying if a movie is bad or not, um, but I just have such an emotional connection yeah. to Marvel movies that I don't think I will ever like give up on the franchise as a whole. So the are kind of the criticisms or the or the points that I will make coming up are definitely coming from a position of real love and affection yeah. for these movies and these characters and kind of a kind of a good vision for what um, this the the franchise and what like a superhero movie can be. 
uh, and the heights it can reach. Um, definitely not. We're definitely not like Martin Scorsese. That's like saying, "Oh, these aren't real movies or whatever." Um, yeah. We just. We, I think we all come from a place of true love for these movies, and so that kind of informs mm-hmm. basically the rest of our conversation. But um, so kind of we can kind of break this up into almost two parts, or about kind of we can talk about basically. I think the the MCU is basically divided into like pre end game. Slash kind of I, technically I guess uh, No Way Home is kind of Spider Man No Way Home is yeah. kind of the end point of that, and then we can talk about, talk about Phase Four and then Phase Five afterwards. But yeah. um, what are just kind of general general thoughts? Salute uh, about uh, kind of Marvel movies leading up to Endgame. Just kind of general thoughts about that as the MCU. I mean, I mean the first three phases are great. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't think any of us would disagree there. Uh, I I do think that, like, with some of the movies, we kind of overlook some of the bad ones um, uh, yeah. because of the just overall hype that Infinity War and Endgame kind of left with us. Yeah. Um, like, this is a hot take that I have. Um, the first Avengers is not that good. Man. Um, and, like, and what I mean by that good is, like, I still very much enjoy that movie. It's just that watching it again uh, in college, I was just like, wow, this is very cheesy and corny. Um, um, not in a bad way. Like, it was very, like, obvious why they made it cheesy and corny because they wanted a, a wider audience to be able to watch it. Um, but, yeah, I was just like, wow, this is, like, these aren't necessarily great movies. Um, so, yeah. I, I think... The, to your point about the Avengers, uh, I think like, I definitely I remember kind of finding out that they were making this movie, and I was like, okay, this is going to be good no matter what. Um, and I've seen that movie probably like ten times of the first Avengers. I think part of the reason, like, I agree that it's maybe not the greatest Avengers movie, but at the same time, like, no other movie had ever been made like that. Like, this was a first yeah. of its kind at all, and so. Yeah, I'm I'm inclined to, I'm inclined to give it a little bit more slack because of how yeah. how just basically just was a resetting of the, the superhero genre. Oh yeah, I mean it's like I I love that movie. I'm yeah. not saying it's like I will never watch it again. No, like I do enjoy watching that movie. It's just like oh wow, this is like very different because I thought it was the best thing ever when I watched it when I was 12. Yeah, but yeah. Um, kind yeah. of, it, it was the best thing ever. Oh yeah, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. it was. Yeah, um, what I'll say is I think. Uh, like I said before, I've, I've really enjoyed like watching these movies develop as a series and just seeing where they're going. Um, I just remember the best part of like the movies being like the action and how like they bring in no matter the character, no matter who was um, who the movie was about, just like the action, like um, all the different characters, like seeing. Um, especially, I remember like Nick Fury like going away and coming back and going away and coming back again, like all these different like oh he's showing up at the end of the movie. Oh yeah, oh yeah, all the really like all the cool after scenes about like setting up the next movies. Um, yeah, I just think uh, what I really like with the MCU movies probably is just um, the relationships between the heroes because like that's why Civil War was a big deal. Um, oh yeah, yeah, oh, and yeah. just like seeing seeing the heroes kind of like flush stuff out and um, you know like handle um, crises differently was very interesting to me. Um, all throughout, you know, these really good, just really awesome action movies uh, was really cool. So yeah, I'd say the, that was probably one of the Biggest things that I love about the MCU um, leading up to Endgame. Yeah, I think so. For me, the the thing, I mean, obviously, you know, just kind of reiterating everything that you guys have said about 
basically everything pre-endgame. I think the interesting thing is, is that something that Dave touched on earlier is that I think we do definitely kind of forget about how many like not great to bad Marvel movies that weren't on, especially like a lot of phase one movies are like not great or like they're good, but not great. Um, and I think honestly, the Russo brothers starting with Richard soldier really started to spoil us yes. with like how many of those movies in like phase two and phase three are Russo brothers movies. Um, like, you know, I would say that, uh, Winter Soldier, Civil War, and the, you know, Infinity War and Endgame are probably in everybody's top 10 Marvel movies. If yeah, not, yeah. make up, that basically makes up my top five Marvel pretty yeah. close to it. Uh, those movies are all incredible. And so, but everything else kind of allows you to kind of view everything else really positively. Uh, and so I think kind of transitioning into our kind of looking ahead portion is that my concern not necessarily is with, well, the thing I'm concerned about when it comes to what's coming in the future is that not necessarily that Marvel will get back to the kind of the Ant-Man kind of level of like, this is a fun kind of wacky, enjoyable movie. My, my concern is not that they will get there. I think they have, and I don't think it's necessarily hard for Marvel to get there. My concern is that there will not be another movie on winter soldier level or civil war level or those types of movies. That's my fear. Is it like, look, I love a good, you know, enjoyable Marvel movie like the next guy, but part of the reason I have such a deep and abiding love for this genre and for these, you know, for this type of movie is because I wept at the end of infinity. I wept at the end of Endgame. I think, I think though that Marvel has proved it with the TV shows. Like that's not, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I disagree. Oh my gosh, that was not good. Falcon and the Winter Soldier was awful. What? That was, was so good. bad. It was not good. So, okay, I'm in the minority. But before the- or like, or like, um, uh, and like, there's like future projects coming out that like well, seem serious, like Blade. Well, Blade is a movie that's going like, to come out, and it's like, how is that going to be wacky? Like, well, Wakanda Forever was pretty, was like on the whole series. Yeah, very good. Very and good I think, movie. but what I'm worried about, I think, in, in terms of looking forward. By looking backwards, I'd say we hit a dangerous, not dangerous, we hit a weird trend with Guardians of the Galaxy, when, in my opinion, I like the first Guardians movie. Really good. Second really one was, second was iffy. Yeah. And then I, I think with Thor Ragnarok is when this, this fundamental shift got made of like, hey, uh, we can put a joke in every line of the script if we want to, and it's still going to be just as successful as it always has been, because that's true. Because we want that, uh, that like consistent strand like you were talking about of like the heroes and the bad guys like we want all of that and they're still able to produce it in in such a way though that i fear is getting less and less serious like you said are we ever going to have a movie that measures up against winter soldier or civil war because i think um at the bottom at the end of the day it is a business it is a corporation what they're doing is they're realizing the more we can appeal to everyone the better it's going to be for the business and i think they're just putting joke after joke after joke and that's working, in my opinion, at least, to the detriment of the past, you know, past few movies. Sans, Black Panther, Spider-Man, the ones we've talked about. See, I disagree. I don't think necessarily that the joke... I think the thing about Thor Ragnarok is that, sure, a lot of jokes in it. It's a bit wacky. But it was a really good, really well-written movie with great plot development, great great story, great character development. Like, it was definitely... Like, it was not... It, it was probably one of the funniest Marvel movies but that didn't take away from a lot of the really good character development that kind of led to, you know, Fat Thor in, in, in Infinity War. But I think to me it's over character development. So if you look at Thor uh, from... Oh, that doesn't make any sense. Like, so if you look at Thor immediately uh, preceding uh, Thor Ragnarok, he's a completely different person than he is in the be- very beginning of Thor Ragnarok. So yes. like, and I understand 
why. Like, Thor uh, was weird and boring, but that's also kind of the point. Like, he's a god from outside of the earth. Like, he's a very alien person. To make him such a jokester and comedian to me doesn't feel like it's doing enough... Uh, doesn't feel like it's doing its due diligence in portraying Thor. And again, Dave knows more about the comics than I do. But again, if you take another character, um, if you look at like, um, I don't know, I just feel like there's a lot of a lot of people who um, are losing a good bit of character development and story development for the sake of the bit and for the sake of the joke. I don't think that um, that's necessarily a good thing. I, I, I think they pulled it off with Thor pretty well because he needed a change. He needed to be more appealing. But I think if they're continuing to do that type of thing... Um, I don't know how, how well it's going to continue to go. I don't think that makes sense, to be totally honest. What do you mean? Like, I mean, I, I think I know what he's saying. He's like he's saying that, like, because all the characters are almost cookie-cutter, just funny and mm-hmm. wacky, mm-hmm. that it, it it lacks any depth. Mm-hmm. With, okay, with I, 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 I will agree with that. I just don't necessarily think that the reason, like, Thor was a still very unique kind of character, even though he was like kind of a bit more comedian, kind of funny, but he was definitely like the thing about like the problem with the first two versions of Thor from, you know, Thor and the Thor, the dark world, that he just was not a good character. He was not compelling really much at all. Um, I don't think in the first one, he's a bit more so. No, the second one's not a good movie at all. The second one's not, but the first one also, he's like the, 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 the movie isn't really about Thor himself, but about everyone reacting to Thor. And kind of, it's more of a, it's a fish out of water movie more than it is well, a Thor character development movie. No, I think it's very, like in the beginning, he's this arrogant, like son of a king. And then he has this literal fall from grace where Odin is like, hey. No, he falls from Asgard, not grace. Yeah, fair enough. Um, he, he like hits the earth and realizes that he can't just have everything he wants. And Odin's like, you can't just start a war. And like, you get to see over the course of this movie, like he appreciates the people who he's sworn to protect. And, like, it's he really gets a better idea for what he's been uh, bred and, like, led to do. And I think it's really interesting. I think you don't, obviously, have that for Thor the Dark World. And I understand why they had to, like... I understand why they wanted to change the character. Um, it just feels like they're artificially infusing these movies as of late with, like, just lots of just kind of humor that's really... Not necessarily good, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, what do you guys think of Phase Four? So I've not been a phase, I've not been a huge fan of Phase Four, uh, just in general. Um, Eternals, I think, is an awful movie. I think it is the worst Marvel movie that has ever been released. Uh, there were so many things that bothered me, both from a plot level, uh, from a just a general character level. Uh, I just. I think Marvel's kind of pretended that it doesn't exist, and I think that that would be a good thing. Um, it's just not very good. I really like No Way Home, or yeah. sorry, yeah, No Way Home. Love that Spider-Man movie. Uh, Multiverse of Madness. I was honestly really disappointed in. I was not a fan of that. Yeah, uh, yeah. really uh, liked Thor: uh, Love and Thunder. I think more than most. I did enjoy that movie a bit. Uh, really like Black Panther yep. and uh, did enjoy a lot of Ant Man. What about what about Shang Chi? Shang Chi also really. I first half of Shang Chi was awesome. Second half kind of fell apart. I agree. I completely agree. <coughs> yeah. The comedic relief was her name. Um, Aquafina. just just completely unnecessary. When she did Made the arrow thing, completely ruined the movie. Yeah, that me. was that was. Uh, uh, there were there are there have been some change. There's some. 
Um, I, yeah, I mean, I, I like. Sorry, you look like you were gonna say something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think I disagree. Looking back now, I think at the time, I would have like while watching these movies, like, I thought they were kind of not great. But like looking back on those movies now, and like even watching them again, because I watched them more than each movie more than once. Um, like I really liked Multiverse of Madness. Really, um, that's, just, oh, that's bizarre. Yeah. Uh, like, like, it, I I I really liked that movie. Um, I thought the multiverse aspect. I I ate the fan uh, stuff up, like uh, the 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 cook the. Easter eggs up. I ate all of that up with John, uh, John Krasinski. Sure, Conrad. sure. No, I'm not, also with yeah. like Shang Chi. I love Shang Chi. I think like the the part that lost me was the the the, the dragon fight. I would that agree. But like, but like yeah. his 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 um, relationship with his mom, his relationship with his dad was just was great. I thought it was like an awesome movie. Um, uh, Thor: Love and Thunder. I thoroughly enjoyed it i i mean i went into that movie expecting ragnarok like the trailer was very obvious like everything was very obvious that it was going to be wacky fun and i had a fun time um yeah i what other movies were there so that weren't uh eternals i think eternals is it's it's it is the worst out of all them uh no i want to say it's the worst which is the worst oh uh dark um, world uh captain marvel no, Captain Marvel was as bad as it was that the also also even more than Captain Marvel's Thor of the Dark World was worse. I like Thor of the Dark World actually. I thought it was. Bad. I didn't mind it. I, I it, it's like a bad action movie. I'm yeah. fine with it. Oh, Eternals is like made me like hate it. No, I I I was fine. I was like I left. Maybe it's because the end credit too scene of that because the end credit scenes played kind of says yeah. Watch what you touch, and I was like, oh my goodness, that's played. But I like I liked Eternals. I thought Eternal like uh, Barry Keegan was great in that movie. Um, Gemma Chan was also great in that movie. Um, I yeah I I mean also I generally have a they left optimistic the big dude, dude frozen. I didn't and then I didn't see this movie. And yeah, go ahead and spoil it. Great. They, they, they leave one of the big dudes like the Eternals. Big dudes frozen. No, no. The Eternals. Oh, they leave, sorry. The celestial. Yeah, they. Leave, oh, my bad. Yeah, they leave. Sorry, other big guy. <laughs> they leave a celestial frozen. In Earth, that's cool. It does come up as an Easter egg in other movies, in like little TV clips. But they don't. But they don't talk about it at all. They're like, "Hey, there's a dude that's literally like emerging from the ocean that is frozen," and they don't talk about it in literally any other Marvel movie. That like, "Hey, there's this big freaking ice dude in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean. Shouldn't like maybe Spider Man or someone do something about that?" They're like, "Nah, yeah." Also, all the Phase Four movies were very, very different. Yeah. So in more of a right, like you can't expect him to like. The four phase four movies didn't build off each other. No, they didn't. But at the same time, if you're going to have they like, built off the TV shows, but they didn't build off each other. Like well, you can't expect. I just expected them to, do that. to like maybe not a, do something that would be so large and so permanent that like no one else talks about it in any of the other movies. Like that, that I mean, it might come out phase five. I think that's more of a patience issue. Well, so it could be a patience issue, but it's just, it's I'm yeah. Bad. Part of what I I wanted to go back to what Dave said is where like the. Phase four movies didn't play into each other. They played into the TV shows. And I think this is why Peter started off this podcast saying that quantum mania is the crossroads. No one looked at the movie, the movie immediately following Endgame and said, this is the crossroads because we're all still hyped about Endgame, And we're interested to see where the MC is going to go from there. But I think now we've kind of seen what they do, which is 
like Dave said, with the with the movies kind of playing into the shows, and I think you have these kind of mini series where um, WandaVision and Multiverse of Madness is its own little closed circuit story where if you don't watch those two things, you're good. Like you can just watch the rest of the MCU, and I think you don't miss a beat. And I I would disagree with that because like what both of them set up is incursions, and incursions is a major part well, of the future movies. I don't think. Does WandaVision set up incursions? No, no. but WandaVision set up, sets up Nexus points, which are basically what sets incursions. So, up. yeah, I think this is a good transition to talk about. I think sure. part of the reason, I think, or at least for me, why I've been disappointed with Phase 4 is not just the movies, but there's been, you know, the TV shows as well, which is which was pitched, which were pitched as an integral part of Phase 4, and a lot of them have, to be totally honest, sucked. Yep. Like, a lot of them have sucked. Um, did you, how, what did you think of She-Hulk? Did you watch She-Hulk? I, I watched it first too. Yeah, okay. So what do you think of Ms. Marvel? Yeah, okay. So, so Yeah, but that's too out of... Falcon Winter Soldier. I liked Falcon Winter Soldier. So, I liked Falcon Winter Soldier. I, I liked uh, uh, Hawkeye. Um, oh, I didn't know. I didn't watch Hawkeye. I, I watched that TV show twice because I liked it so much. No. Um, yeah. What? I also liked... Um, uh, I mean, we all liked Loki. Loki. And, Loki. and we all liked WandaVision. No, see, uh, see, WandaVision was... WandaVision could have fine. been a movie and would have been totally fine. Because look, well, like was, all of them could have been a no, 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 movie. No, no, totally WandaVision. Fine. Though the first four episodes of WandaVision were, hey, each episode is a different de- decade of television. Guess what? Each this other episode is a different decade of television times four, and that just didn't need to happen that many times to set up what again marginally kind of small things that well, set up no, the universe but, large. No, but that that the, the whole like TV sitcom part was because that's what she, uh. Like watched growing up, sure. That's like that, pretty, it's that's, a pretty, that's a pretty small detail to make an entire TV show off of. And no, like, it's not. It's a very like it's a very like emotional thing about her. Who doesn't really matter anymore after Multiverse of Madness? Why do you say that? She's presumed dead. No, we don't know that. Well, There's a little spark of light that comes. That's why I said presumed. That, uh, uh, last, like that's why I said presumed. And again, this is kind of another concern I have from what we're looking forward to. I feel like they've in a lot of senses bit off more than they can chew because right now they have. These many, many, many different things going forward at presume, hopefully the same pace. But I mean, we haven't heard about what's the names of those those green aliens from Captain Marvel that like look like Scroll. scrolls. We They're getting a TV show. Secret Invasion is coming next. When? That's the next TV show. That's oh, the very next. Yeah, it's the very next. Okay, yeah. but before now, we haven't heard. Okay, about them since so 2018. so <sighs> now they showed I don't... up in um in like a cutscene, right? No, they showed up in um they showed up in Far From Home. Far From Home. Oh wait! Oh yeah, yeah. Also, like, what's like? Is your problem with the MCU that they're doing too much building, or that they're doing other things instead of building? Like, what's what's the issue? Kind of, my yes. problem. My problem is the stuff that so they're they're putting out a lot of really like mediocre to not great content. Yes, which has been which has been frustrating for me. And I think because that's, I, really, I think yeah, I would not feel like that they that they had bit off more that they than they could chew if what they were making was. Good to great. Yep. Or at least somewhat enjoyable. And I don't... I think the majority of the TV shows yes. have been worse than mediocre. Yes. Uh, I also think that, like... I think... When you're talking about earlier with the Ant-Man and Quantumania and the whole comedy of it all, I think um, if you're going to be... I've, I've felt a little bit of... Not necessarily whiplash, but kind of like confusion about... Black Panther, Wakanda Forever was very serious, as it needed to be. Um, Multiverse of Madness was kind of a midline. There wasn't like 
a joke every line of the script, but it wasn't like the most serious movie that Marvel's ever put it's out. Directed by Sam Raimi, so you're it was have also to next. yeah. And so I think um, it's kind of it's kind of interesting to see what they're doing with like all these different types of tones. And I think like that speaks to your point of it kind of starts to decrease the quality if they just put out movie after movie after movie, show after show after show. Where I think they're starting to learn because this year we're only supposed to expect three movies. Yeah. And I think maybe the gears are starting to turn and they're realizing we can't just put out whatever we want and expect tons of people to love it. I think, so that's something I've been encouraged by yeah. with the new leadership at Disney kind of acknowledging that we can't, you, exactly what you said, they can't just put out stuff and hope and assume that everyone's going to watch and enjoy it. Right. I think I'm hopeful that as they try to focus more on story, more than anything else. So it was like, if they were putting out great TV all the time, I think we would be like overjoyed. Yeah. But my frustration is like a lot of the movies have seen a bit kind of a mixed bag. Some parts are great. Some parts are not great. Uh, the TV shows, I think have been a lot worse. And so that's been frustrating for me because it's like, I feel like they're just constantly, it's a, like kind of hodgepodge of characters. You yeah. kind of do, goes through, it's been a kind of almost a cookie cutter plot where, yeah. you know, lots of jokes, kind of a generic villain, mid-credit scene that sets up the next movie or TV show. You know, yeah. it's like, you know, it's like normal plot, you know, some hijinks ensue, wisecracks, backdoor Disney Plus pilot, yeah. big, big CGI fight scene at the end, mid-credit scene with a joke, end credit scene that sets up a Disney, that sets up the next movie. Yeah. Uh, finish your popcorn. No, that's the end of the movie. And yeah. so that's, so that's, I felt like there's been a bit more, like, so something I really enjoyed about the original about phases one through three is that I felt like each movie didn't just exist to set up the next movie, but each movie yep. was also like itself yep. good and so almost more self-contained. Where it yep. was, they weren't entirely all self-referential. That like, uh, I don't think the movies have been like that. I think a lot. Of I them. think the movies are very self-contained. Uh, mm. Multiverse of Madness is an okay. example. Okay, of, sure. Yeah, that bothered me. Uh, Eternals was just bad. I will throw under Eternals. Love and Thunder wasn't very self-contained. I don't think. I would say Love and Thunder was a bit more self-contained, but it uh, did suffer from the same thing. Uh, Black Panther: Wakanda Forever. I think one of the biggest problems is that it, the the worst part of that movie is its backdoor Disney Plus pilot for Ironheart. Yes, that's that was the worst part of that movie. If that's not in the movie, it's probably much higher on my yeah. rankings. But the problem is, is that the Ironheart character was underwritten and kind of shoehorned in. Yeah. And that was a bit frustrating for me. So, like, those those are the worst parts of the movies, in my opinion. I also think a, a big recent trap that MC may have fallen into is these self-inflicted wounds that they have to then immediately fix and causing a movie. And I think they've... they've, they've Give an example of that, sorry. Well, so they've effectively used these to, like, further the, the plot of the whole MCU. But uh, Quantumania, hey, I've, I've found this uh, cool thing to, like, go into the quantum realm. Well, there's this big secret that the Michelle Fiverr character never told anybody, but now that the thing is out, we have to talk about it. But it's like a, a, the mistake of a character, and that's why this whole movie has a plot. Isn't that Same, what Thor is? What? Isn't that what Thor is? Which he, Thor? He get, the first one. He gets himself thrown out. Well, sure, but that's a very that's, different... That's Age of Ultron. That's actually pretty common for most superheroes. No Way Home uh, is a reason because he says, hey, um, James John Jameson has told everybody who I am. Can't you just create a spell? Far From Home as well. Also, with the give, he gives the uh, yeah. glasses. Yeah. So also, that, also no way home. So I, I just yeah, feel like no, 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 no way home. Um, um, uh, homecoming. Maybe okay. homecoming a bit. Hopefully not really. Less so. Not no. so much. But I mean, culture, yeah. it's 
Yeah, and, and so it's but not that's a Tony Stark self-inflicted wound. But those okay. felt a little more exactly. They're 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 bigger than the uh, movie itself if they're like from another character and like it kind of weaves into the story. But yeah. these are like, oh no, we made a mistake. How do we fix it? Movie goes and movie stops and then we're done. And again, they're starting to realize if we if we can't fix that part, we can at least weave in more MCU parts of the story, which I'm I think enjoying. But I think it's kind of maybe a trap that. If it's not careful, MC, you can kind of fall into. Yeah, I don't necessarily think of it as a trap, but that's funny. maybe maybe just like slightly lazy writing, maybe, but maybe not. Yeah, uh, just something to watch out for. Definitely something to watch out for. I think this is overall a good discussion yeah, of uh, yeah. of the MCU, and I'm just I think we're all we can't wait for. We'll probably be talking about this more when Guardians comes out. We'll probably be referring back to the Guardians, Guardians. Looks amazing. I, Guardians looks very okay. I'm, I'm concerned. Yep, that's all I'll say. Mm. I'm concerned about Guardians. But yeah, we will be referring back to this conversation by mm-hmm. expanding on it as it comes in the future. Yeah. But uh, thanks for thanks for listening. Uh, next week we'll be talking about, we'll have a special, special guest. We will. And we will be talking about some of our favorite kids' movies. So uh, stay tuned for that. Uh, this has been uh, Real Bad Takes. Everyone, uh, catch you next time.